What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess. And you Hello, guys, Therese. okay, <laughs> that was weird. You guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and proclaim the kingdom of God. How's it going, Matt? It's going good, my brother. How are you? I am doing fantastic. It's a great day. It's been beautiful. We've had really nice weather the past couple of days. Mm, yeah. I mean, I, it'll be nicer when it's warmer. Yeah. So it's like it's been in the 50s. The 50s, wow. It, Which it, is okay. It's felt so warm. It has felt I wore warm. a short sleeve shirt yesterday. We went out and uh, yeah, passed out nice. Easter invites and hit mm-hmm. the harvest a little bit with my kids. And it was nice. Yeah, but today it's cloudy, so I'm not going to be doing short sleeves because it's still... It's like 50 degrees, yeah. cloudy, which is still a, bit, a little bit too chilly. You but need your it's shawl. You need your shawl. My shawl. Yeah. Your sweater shawl. Yeah, my sweater shawl. Yeah, man. So, but it's getting there. We're slowly but surely getting there. So. Sometimes it's crazy when it starts to like eke into May and June and still like, oh, you know. It's not quite warm. It's not quite warm. The people, we had friends who used to, uh, they moved away. They moved out east, but they, um, they used to have like an in-ground swimming pool. Mm-hmm. And like, I would think like, what's the point? You know, because they, they wouldn't be able to open their pool until like June. Yeah. And we, we went swimming over there one time and it was still like freezing, man. Like in end of June. Yep. Yeah, it's still too cold to swim. Crazy. It is. Hey, quick swim story. When we first moved to swim Pickering. Story. Yeah. When we first moved to Pickering, we were, we were, uh, this good, oh man, this could segue into what we're going to talk about today, actually. Yeah. So, um, we were at the beach and um lake ontario pickering's got a nuclear power plant <laughs> and down there down there by the water and they got this really they they redid like their entire like beachfront everything really beautiful we go down used to go down we lived right there used to hang out there all the time with the kids and they'd have playground everything like that well in the summertime we would go down there and we would swim this is like we moved in july of 2013 this is probably like august so it's warm and that 2013 was like a record-breaking summer mm-hmm. heat for, for Toronto. So we're out there swimming. I'm swimming with the kids. And, you know, I mean, we're country people. So everybody's like, yeah, you know. And I, I'm floating around out there. And I'm, I start talking to this guy. And he's a, a Polish guy. And, uh, you know, I'm sharing the gospel with him, talking or anything like that, you know, and everything. And I'm not positive he's understanding everything I'm really saying. And, you know, I start to look around. And all the people in the water are the only people in the water are immigrants and all the people on the beach are like Anglo Canadians, the locals. (laughs) So like I asked a friend of mine, I said, well, why doesn't anybody swim in in the water? And like, Oh dude, we're not swimming in that water because of the power plant, the nuclear power plant. So if one of my kids develops like a third eye or something, then we'll, we'll know what happened. We'll know why. Yeah. Yeah. You were swimming in nuclear water. (laughs) Nuclear water. Yeah. So they actually have like flags like colors of flags that they will put out and they'll say like if you if this if it's this color the water is not safe to be in yeah i just won't ever get in water like that yeah anymore. like no matter what color the flag is yeah i'm just like whatever yeah because they've also got like bacteria and stuff i yeah. think that they you don't have enough faith to believe that god could protect you <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah well i'm not gonna you should not put the lord your god to the test so. Jesus juke. <laughs> oh, yeah. spin move. Yeah. It pushed the B button get, on me. Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> it pushed the circle button on me. <laughs> Shout out, PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. 
Madden. Yeah. Um, well, so we're going to talk about sharing the gospel with people of multiple faiths today. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely something that uh, we encounter up here in Toronto. We're in one of the most diverse cities mm. in North America. Over half the people here were born outside of Canada. Yeah. So we get all kinds of different uh, faith backgrounds and beliefs. There's very few people who um, have actually ever you know, heard the gospel before up yeah. here. Uh, so, uh, you know, people describe it as post-Christian, but I think in a lot of ways it's also like pre-Christian almost yeah. because there's zero church background and mm. zero, you know, background in terms of the Bible, anything like that. Yeah. So, um, that's, so, and I think that no matter where, you know, some of our listeners are going to be in the South. Some of them are going to be you know, all over the place, all over North America. Mm. Uh, but the world is trending in this direction. So yeah. if you have not had a lot of experience sharing the gospel with people of multiple faiths, well, you should prepare because you're increasingly going to be encountering situations like that. Yeah. Um, as we kind of continue to become a more and more, you know, pluralistic society. So, yeah, I was thinking, I was laughing when you're thinking about something I remember. Vin- is it funny to you that there are people that are like, <laughs> no. far from God? All no, of course not. Uh, of course not. <laughs> I was I was laughing because I remember when uh, I pastored like in the South and stuff. You know, diversity would be like if somebody moved from like the North. Yeah. To come like we got a New York. There's a New York. There's a Yankee. There. There's a Yankee in there's the Yankee. There's a Yankee in the house. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like yeah, we got some people moved from Missouri. You know, and it's Missouri. Missouri. But yeah, it's it is. It's it's so diverse here. And I mean, I agree like with the what you said. I mean, yeah, we're postmodern uh postmodern, you know, post-Christian pluralistic society here in the GTA, Greater Toronto area. But post-Christian for yeah, the people that were born and raised here, but I I, I just I, I'm the most excited. I was in a strategy meeting for the city last week and I'm the most excited for the immigration because I really think that's where we're going to see movement yep. with all the immigration that's coming into the city and oftentimes what we find is that we're going to talk about this today but what we find is they have some a lot of them will have some sort of religious system or mm-hmm. framework but a lot of them don't yep. and then when they come to the west they actually feel freedom mm-hmm. to break through for, break off from some yep. of that especially the second yep. third generations well, one, of, one of the things i find with with immigrants in particular and this is something that i didn't even like realize until i got here yeah. is that a lot of them may identify with a religion, but it's they they identify culturally much like like Americans do much, with Christianity, yeah. right? Like, yes. but they don't actually practice it. No, like they don't really know their religion that well. They couldn't defend their faith because they don't have a very strong faith, uh, and so really they just they're kind of open, you know, yeah. to like if you can present a compelling case for Christianity to them, it wouldn't take much to like, you know. No, that that's them, so. that's exactly right. You know, um, Erica was sharing uh, at the hair salon yesterday, and she was sharing the gospel with these this uh, woman who is Catholic, mm-hmm. and she's sharing the gospel with her and everything, talking about Easter and stuff. These two uh, Hindu women start saying, "Oh, we don't we don't believe in that," you know, and but they didn't know nothing about their religion, yeah. And so they're like, "Well, tell me about yours," you know. And so Erica's telling her, shares the just lays the yeah. gospel out for them. Yeah. And, um, but, but so to your point, you know, they might say, yeah, I'm Hindu, but they mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't really know what they believe. They didn't even really know much of their, their mm-hmm. tenants at all. One of my favorite things to do when I'm sharing with people now is to ask questions. Absolutely. And so I will just start asking them questions about their faith. And what I've discovered, uh, the more I do that is that people have never really thought through like no. why they believe what they believe and they don't really have a good reason for it. 
And so one of the most effective things you can do is just gently help them discover that on their own yeah. by asking questions. You don't even have to tell them like, oh, you know, you know, you haven't really thought through what you believe. They'll figure it out on their own if you yeah. just ask enough questions. Yeah. Um, you know, because a lot of times, you know, when we talk with people uh, and we'll talk about, you know, different types of gospel presentations that you can do. And, you know, if there's a one size fits all approach. But, yeah. You know, one of the things, no matter what, no matter who I'm talking to, uh, I like to try to figure out like for people like what's their what's salvation look like for yeah. them like what do they want what do they want to be saved from yeah and how do they how do they en- envision that salvation taking place absolutely and so you know for like for us you know we believe that it's you know separation from God and and, and condemnation because of our sin that we need to be saved from and yeah. Jesus is is the answer most people uh it's somewhere along the lines of they believe that if they're a good person and they do enough good things and yeah. good works, uh, that seems to be the prevailing thing, no matter theme, no matter what religious mm-hmm. background they have. Yeah, whether it's Muslims or Hindus or you know atheists or uh, like the you know people who worship Odin, uh, you know, like and I'll tell that story in a second. Yeah. Um, like they all like kind of have the same. Yeah. It's all the same. Like it's, it's really the there's same. nothing new under the sun. Like they all believe no. the same thing. They just put different language to it. Yeah. And so it's just interesting when you you're like, okay, well how how good do you have to be? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know, like how do you know when you've been good enough? Well, you know, and, like people yeah, don't know. They, they haven't thought know. about it. Yeah. They don't know. Well, I think that's right. I mean, you know, they they don't they haven't thought through some of those things. But I, I think the way we've done evangelism, you know, we just have to think through, and we'll get into some of this. But you know, you have to think through. I love what you say. I mean, I, I, we're the same, you know, instead of just going to somebody right away and trying to argue with them that their belief system is wrong, be a good listener. Yeah. You know what I mean? Learn hear, listen to them. And, you know, I've gotten, I've said those kinds of things to people before when I was traveling, I get pushed back and people's like, what do you have to learn from a Muslim? What do you have to learn from this? And it's like, listen, man, like we, we want to see people give their lives to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if you come in with anger, you come in with animosity and you're going to argue somebody like nobody's been argued, nobody's ever been argued into the kingdom of God. You know what I mean? And so coming in with a, a posture of listening, coming in with the posture of, of learning even and helping get a framework for how you're going to build. Cause let's be honest, like somebody's coming from a, a Muslim background, for example, and they, they, that's all they've known all their life. That's mm. what they've been taught. It's what they, you know, they believe, everything like that. Yes, the Holy Spirit can share. Like, man, they can hear the gospel one time. I believe this. The Holy Spirit can quicken their hearts, lead them to conviction, and they can be born again. But majority of time, we know that it takes a while. Mm -hmm. I I had a meeting this past week with um, a brother who was a former Muslim from Pakistan. Mm -hmm. And just just has an incredible testimony. But it took time, you know, Mm -hmm. and he ministers and works in that way. He, he does small things every single day to try to build relationships with Muslims to try to show them Christ and to build mm-hmm. their faith because you're you're kind of you're breaking down a framework that they've been taught all their lives mm-hmm. you know and so you've got to be a good listener in a lot of cases you got to be slow you got to be in it for the long haul mm-hmm. as we say yep right. yeah so why don't we why don't we share uh, I thought it'd be interesting to share some stories because we've we've had some interesting encounters up here. <laughs> so, uh what's the craziest gospel conversation that you've had up here in Toronto? Oh man. <laughs> I, I, I saw that question. I was trying to think of the craziest. I mean, I can go 
Or one of the craziest. I, I go on and on about the mistakes I've made culturally. We can talk about that too in a yeah. second. But why don't you tell one of the craziest? Yeah. Um, when, first. when we first moved here, um, I was knocking on doors, sharing the gospel. <laughs> this dude, you know, knock on the door, and you know, you're 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 working in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. so like you don't hang out forever. And so I'm I'm starting to turn around. All of a sudden, I hear the door bolt start to unlatch, mm-hmm. and I'm with a friend of mine I went to seminary with. He was up on a mission trip. And so the dude answers the door, buck naked. <laughs> I mean, he ain't wearing he ain't wearing socks, man. That dude is naked <laughs> as a jaybird, and and um, he's like, oh, you can tell he just woke up. Does the full on body stretch like, oh, he's like, what can I help you guys with? Puts his <laughs> hands on his hips, oh, man. and I, I'm like, uh, um. Yeah, we're here to, you know, and I, I go into like just tell him who we are and stuff, and I share the gospel with him. The dude was open, like the dude <laughs> wanted to hear it. I'm like, I wanted to be like, could you put on a robe? Could you yeah. put on something? But so had a complete gospel conversation with this guy, completely buck naked the entire time. Um, we were probably there for you know ten minutes, and finally I I let I. I Gave him some information. We prayed with him. We prayed with him. Uh, and my prayer, I was like, Lord, let, just let this man honor you with putting on clothes. But no, I'm just joking. <laughs> so that was probably one of the weirdest ones I've ever had. That is definitely a weird one. It was strange. We were uh, down We were down at, at uh, the park in Oshawa one time, and they were having, I think it was for uh, Canada Day celebration. Yeah. Uh, it was in the summer, and we were walking around. Um, and I think we were probably like uh, handing out invites for... Um, or, or handing out like uh, flyers for the church or something. And we were just going up to people and asking if we could pray for them. And I met this guy and he, you know, I got into a conversation with him and he, and he started talking about, he, you know, like, you know, something along the lines of claiming he was a Christian, but yeah. I could kind of pick up pretty early on that <laughs> I don't think he was. Yeah. Um, and then I, I don't even remember what, you know, how we got there to this point of the conversation, but I started to realize that like, he was, he was off and had some screws loose and yeah, he looked at me and, he goes, uh, he goes, you ever heard of the Holy Spirit? And I said, yes, I, I have. And he said, well, you're looking at him. I said, I, said, <laughs> I remember this. I said, uh, yeah. I don't even remember what I said. I, I, and I said, uh, and I said, I said, you know what you want to know? Or, oh, and before this, he had told me that he could stare at the sun for hours without blinking <laughs> and it wouldn't blind his eyes. Yeah. And I asked him to, to I said, could you show me? And he said, not right now. <laughs> He put on his sunglasses. Mm -hmm. But um, so he said, have you ever heard heard of the Holy Spirit? And I said, I have. And he said, you're looking at him. And I said, you want to know what I think? And he said, what's that? I said, I think you're a blasphemer. And he goes, (laughs) he goes, uh, he goes, well, that's your opinion. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. So needless to say, he didn't come to our church. Oh, man. He didn't give his life to Christ that day. So, but I've seen him since then. Did you really? I have, have you talked him to him? Town. You see him just staring around. He, he's just up staring at the sun. Now, I've never seen him stare at the sun before. But um, yeah, so that was one of the more interesting ones that I've had. It's definitely an interesting encounter. And then there was the one uh, one time when I was going and... Uh, uh, oh, what, what happened? Oh, yeah, like where I, I was, we were going door to door asking people if we could pray for him. And there's a guy like working on his Jeep in his driveway and like asked him if we could pray and he was like no like and he was kind of like he, he had this look and the tone of voice like no like don't ask me and go away yeah me. and so i was kind of like i don't know if, uh, i think it's just 
I don't know why I do this, but whenever somebody gets like that, I almost like want to press even more. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I don't know yeah. why. Maybe because I'm a glutton for punishment. And so I was like, are you sure? You know, nothing, you know, like if God could do a miracle in your life, you know, there's anything you could do. And he was like, you know, he's like, you know what I'd ask God to do if you could do a miracle? He's like, I'd ask him to make you go away. And <laughs> I was like, All right, well, guess what? God does do miracles because I'm leaving. And so, <laughs> yeah, are you going to believe now? Yeah, so. he just stood there. I talked to God. He doesn't want to perform that miracle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the mistakes you've made in sharing the gospel cross-culturally? Oh, man. Mistakes. So uh, I don't make very many mistakes. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Lord. I'm Let's joking. get Jen in here. Yeah, I know. No, man, I think that, um, I don't know. I was thinking about this. Like, it's it's hard for me to, like, think of specific examples because, like I know that I've made them, but I think a lot of times I, I'm not sure what I did wrong. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. what mistake that I made? If that yeah. if that makes sense. Um, like I think that I think that probably the mistake that I make more than anything is that I don't press far enough. I think I'm just um, you know people will put up objections. Yeah, and um, I'll I'll kind of let the objections stand. Yeah, uh, and and kind of leave it at that when I can yeah. probably press a little bit farther in mm. the conversation and, and push for, um, you know, maybe a, a decision and yeah. be a little bit more, you know, like direct in terms of, um, you know, an appeal to, you know, Jesus being the only way, the only yeah. truth and, uh, and the life. So, yeah, that's good. What about you? Maybe you sharing will kind of jog my memory too, because yeah, I'll be honest, I didn't even think about that question before we started. So I remember one time um, <clears throat> I was out sharing the gospel, and um, <laughs> there was a lady with a uh, there was a, a Muslim woman with a head covering on a hijab, and I uh, I like just not even thinking, you know, just friendly me went out to shake her hand, you mm. know, and. Um, she didn't, well, I can't shake your hand, you yeah. know? And um, I was like, oh, no problem, you know? And just not thinking through that. I mean, I, this might come to a shock to a lot of people, but it's not a ton of Muslims wearing head coverings, you know, in rural Mississippi where I pastored yeah. and moved from. And um, But, you know, the just that was a good lesson for me. And it, it kind of took a step back to say, oh, wow, you know, you're not in Kansas anymore, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing, mm -hmm. to say, you know, like, what what is going to be our game plan? It's the same gospel. It's the same Jesus. It's the same Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Like, what's going to be our game plan for how we interact and engage with people of world religions? Yep. And because they they're not coming to your service primarily, no. you know, they might come, uh, they might come to special events. A lot of times they will. And you can have really good gospel conversations in those settings and mm -hmm. stuff. But but yeah, it's it, it was a good moment for us to start to think through. Okay, this is different. You know, so how do we learn? And then how do we move forward? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, maybe one of the other mistakes that, you know, we've made is that, um, like we haven't been as intentional, uh, with engaging people from, uh, from other faiths as I think that we could be. Yeah. Uh, partly because I think in the beginning, like we, um, you know, we had a, we had a track we were running on in terms of like, how, you know, a, a strategy for sharing the gospel and like the area that we're in, is predominantly white Canadian, um, although it's it's rapidly changing. But compared to the rest of the GTA, yeah. it's not as diverse as the rest right. of the Greater Toronto area and, yeah. and ethnically. Um, but there's more and more people, you know, moving in who are you know immigrating and, and stuff like that. But you know, like we, 
we use the three circles as a tool you mm-hmm. know, to share the gospel. It's how we train people. Um, and I, I think that one of the circles or one of the uh, mistakes early on is that, you know, we tried using that tool, you know, to share the gospel with people of other faith. And, yeah. and one of the things I've realized is like the, the three circles with a Muslim um, is just not in, terribly effective. Or a Buddhist or Hindu. It, right. Or at yeah. least sharing it the, the same way that we would with, yeah. um, you know, a white Canadian or something right. like that. So you... While and I, and I know that you can't argue somebody in the kingdom of God like you were saying, and um, you know we shouldn't spend all of our time necessarily. I mean, I think God calls some people to do this, but I don't think all of us need to necessarily spend a ton of time like learning the ins and outs of other religions, unless we're specifically called to do cross cultural ministry, ministering to that certain people group. Yeah. Um, but I do think that you have to think through. Uh, you have to exegete the culture in terms of like, who are you talking to Absolutely. and where are they coming from? Yeah. Because if you don't, then it's highly, it's highly possible that you might present a, a, a good gospel presentation to them. That's going to make zero sense because yeah. to you, it makes sense, but to them it's, you know, it's yeah. lost in translation or make real impact. You know, I mean like one of the great lessons I learned one time is, you know, done with Hinduism, Hindus. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, Sure, I'll take Jesus. I'll take mm-hmm. you know. You got another God. I'll mm-hmm. take him too. You know, yeah. I'll take her too. It's just they don't care. You yeah. know, to a certain point. You know, and it's it's so there's framework in these systems, and so I agree. Yeah. Like you have to learn, you have to learn a little bit about each world religion, and it helps. I mean, there's so much. It, it's just a desire. Yeah. You know, if you want to do it, so like to have a working framework, understand where they're coming from. Yeah, you you don't know you don't know what presuppositions they're bringing into the conversation, and you don't know their background or their experience. And and oftentimes you'll come across people who are very passionate in their faith and their religion, mm-hmm. and then oftentimes you find people just like in the Christian faith who are very apathetic. You know, and 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 they're they're cultural mm-hmm. Hindus, they're mm-hmm. cultural, you know, Buddhists, whatever it might be. Yeah. And so I think having a having a little bit of understanding of of or knowledge is good. Yeah. But what I don't, I don't, but you know, and this might be unpopular to some people. I don't think you have to be like this apologetic, like expert in order to build relationships with people of varying faiths. Mm-hmm. You know, we have something inside of us that nobody else does and yep. it's the Holy Spirit. Yep. And the Holy Spirit, if what you started out with, if we listen well, if we love well, mm-hmm. Bible, Bible says that the world will know us by the way in which we love one another. If we love well and if we're kind hearted, and we're always balancing grace with truth. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the best example of this. Yep. Always balance grace with truth and build relationships with people over time. They'll see it. Yep. You'll, they'll see it, you know, mm-hmm. and they'll see that we're for them. They'll see that we're not against mm-hmm. them. We don't hate them. And, yep. and here in the, here in North America, there's all kinds of religious tensions, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't see it as much here in, in the GTA because mm-hmm. the, the, the DNA and the ethos of Canadians are so different than yep. Americans, yep. especially Southern Americans. Yep. And so I just say all that to say, um, having some knowledge of where they're coming from is good. Um, but you don't have to be an expert. No, you just have to love people no, and, I, and, and listen well. Right. And some people like, again, are, I, I do think that there's a, there's a place in the body of Christ for apologists and Absolutely. like it's a very good thing. And, and I'm, I happen to be, you know, interested in some of that. My wife is, is very interested in apologetics yeah. and like, so specifically she, you know, Jen has basically become like an expert in, um, uh, Mormon theology, yeah. right? Like, so she, 
she has studied the LDS faith in and out, and she knows it better than Mormons know it. Yeah. Because you know? like, like we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, people don't really think through why they believe what they believe. Right. It's the same with, with LDS people. We've got friends who are missionaries in, in Utah, Mm-hmm. Christian missionaries, yeah, yeah, uh, in Utah, and uh, turning the table on the on the Mormons there and knocking yeah. on their doors, yeah. and um, you know, like, but we talked to we've talked to lots of LDS people, and it turns out like they don't even know what their own church no. teaches. And I, so, t- I tell you what, the majority every every Mormon I've ever interacted with, like the what you start out this episode with, their basis of everything is being good people. Yeah. You know, like it's all the all the religions, right? The, all of the religions, right? You know, we um. And they all try to smooth out the differences between themselves and Christianity, oh, yeah. by the way, too. That's yeah. one thing. That's Satan's Absolutely. sneaky little... Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, what makes Mormonism so dangerous and Jehovah's Witnesses so dangerous is that there's so many Christians who do not know what they believe. Yeah. Right? And so I know this is an apologetics episode, well, there but... there are Christians who think that Mormons are... Christians. absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. and but i even meet like muslims that the one of the first things thing that i hear come out of muslims mouth is, is oh yeah we believe in jesus oh, oh yeah well because oh, yeah, they do believe, they they and they'll, yeah. they go out of their way to let you know like how much they revere jesus yeah and like basically though what they're they're doing is they're trying to like there's not much difference between us like yeah. we basically believe the same things we believe there's one god you know and it's well, um, i can't tell you how many conversations i've had with I mean, the gauntlet here, Confucians, I mean, anybody and everybody, mm-hmm. Scientologists, everybody and anybody, they that's one of the common denominators. Yeah. There's not much difference between what you believe and what we believe, yeah. you know, and yeah. if Christians aren't educated and Christians don't know the word, which we're living now, statistics mm-hmm. tell us in the most biblically illiterate time mm-hmm. in our history, mm-hmm. we have more access to the word of God than ever before, and yet we don't read it more so yeah. than ever before. Yeah. And it's no wonder, mm-hmm. you know, we don't ha- we don't understand how to engage people. Yep. And so then what do we do? You know, we watch a Ravi Zacharias video and then we try to go out on the streets and try to argue at people mm-hmm. into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's not, yeah, that's not godly. You need to know the gospel. You need you to know it know inside and out. Yeah. You know, it's the old analogy. Like I hear it all the time, but you know, the way that they train, you know, um, uh, counterfeit currency experts to yeah. spot counterfeit currency is yeah. they study the real thing and they know it so well that yeah. whenever they see a deviation, they immediately can spot it. Yeah. Um, you know, and so you've got to, you've got to know the word and you got to know the gospel inside and out. It's the best preparation you can do because yeah, in a place like this, like you've got so many different worldviews and faiths. Like yes. just yesterday we were out last night and we were uh, in downtown Oshawa uh, standing in, in uh, one of the street corners and yeah. we were passing out free water bottles and stuff and invites to Easter and asking people if we could pray for them yeah. and sharing the gospel. Uh, and Jen, my wife, uh, met a guy and he wouldn't even take an Easter flyer. And he was like, oh, you know, it's a, it's, I, I don't believe that. Uh, it's a, it's a, I have a different religion. And Jen asked him, oh, what's, what's your religion? And he looks at her and I was watching this <clears throat> from a distance and I watched him roll up his sleeve, right? He rolls up his sleeve and he points to a tattoo and, and he and he just goes, Thor's hammer. Like that's what he said to her and in, and inside it, it had a, oh, a Freemason symbol, wow. which we see a lot of uh, by, yeah, here, Mason, by the way, Freemasons. Mason's huge. In, but Oshawa. he was like, he said, he said, I worship Odin. It's in, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's an Odin that I have. I have eternal life. And, and Jen okay. was like, Jen was like, Oh, actually Jesus is the only way to eternal life. And he said, well, I don't believe that. And she said, yeah. well, it's true. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, needless to say, he didn't take an Easter flyer and I don't think he'll be coming to the Easter service. Yeah. But, you know, what if he did come dressed as Thor? <clears throat> I mean, we would welcome him. Yeah. 
and we would. In the middle of your sermon, he stands up. Thor's hammer. And yeah, he but it up. one of the reasons I want to tell that is because yeah. one of the other things he said to her is we had a sign up that said, it had, I don't even remember what the sign. We had several signs, but one of them said, um, you know, showing, you know, we want to show uh, the love and kindness of Jesus Christ. And he yeah. pointed to the two words, love and kindness. And he said, I believe in that. Love and kindness. But I don't believe in that mm. other stuff. You know, and so he was yeah. like, and he was like, I, he's like, I, I like the good deeds or whatever. But So even this dude who like worships Odin, like yeah. this warrior god of Vikings, that, you love. know, and like, you know, wants to go and slaughter people or whatever. Like, but hey, love and kindness, baby. Yeah. Love and kindness. Yeah. Right? He good sees deeds. the love. Be he good. sees the good deeds. Right, Be good. So. Yeah. Well, I, I know this isn't necessarily uh, an episode on evangelism, but I think it's appropriate because we're yeah, talking this- we're talking about it. You know, um, I, I think you know we were we were out yesterday, and um, I love going out with my kids versus just going out with like our staff and stuff. And uh, I love going out with our team, obviously as well. Your kids but, like make it make people kid, so much nicer. Gosh, it's kids, great. they're the secret yes, weapon. Yes, they are the secret weapon, man. Like you know, the boys are um, uh, just doing what they do. You know, they're girls are petting dogs and yeah. being kind nobody's gonna just be rude to, well nope. some will but you know not most of them and um but but yeah it was i was thinking as we were like walking around yesterday and engaging people you know i think what keeps so many people away from evangelism is fear you know that people are just so afraid christians are so afraid they're so fearful that people are just gonna you know get angry or they're not gonna want this or like that guy not wanting your card like I don't mean this in a like so what he's going to hell. I mean, but like so what? I mean, like so every single per we know the Bible teaches us every single person's not going to receive this message. So does that mean we just don't share with nobody? You know what I mean? And 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 I and I'm convinced that the majority of reason why Christians don't engage world religions, they don't engage you know somebody of a of a opposite faith or whatever or, or different religion is because they're afraid, they're fearful. They don't think they know enough. They don't think they know how to defend themselves. They they think they're going to get the angry atheist, you know, or agnostic, and he's gonna or she's gonna be able to defend their position better than yours, all that kind of stuff. And I just always say, so what? Like, so what? You know? Mm-hmm. Yes, you should be prepared. You should be equipped. I'm not saying so what to those things, but you have to almost grow like a thick skin. You have to say, I'm gonna get rejected, but it's not me being rejected. It's they're rejecting the the good news of the gospel of Christ. Yep. And at the end of the day, I'm doing this out of obedience. I'm engaging these people because the Father loves them and I love them. Mm-hmm. And I want to see people come to faith in Christ. And you got you can't let fear control you in any in these settings, you know, no. sharing the gospel with yeah. people regardless of who they are, but primarily, you know, when we're talking about people of different religions. It's a good word, man. Um it's it's tough for me to talk about this because um, I still wrestle with fear, right? And and that's something that um, you know a lot of people might not know about me, but it's something that you know I've definitely grown a lot yeah. in. And um, but it's it's also something that like you know evangelism doesn't come supernaturally to me. Evangelism comes pretty naturally for you. You're very you know like uh, you know I'll it does it seems like every time I'm out in public with you, you start a gospel conversation at some and you know somewhere right Where, wherever we're at. Um, and I'm not necessarily as agree. Uh, I, I lost the word. I can't remember. Gregarious. <laughs> yeah, that, there you go. I was trying to say it, but started with an E for some reason. Yeah. So I was trying to say egregious and I was like, that's not yeah, a word. Agri- My brain was like, that's not right. 
a great a great gift. I mean, it's like I think everybody has different gifts. You know, like, yeah. and I don't have your gifts. You don't have my gifts. And I think that there are there are people who are natural evangelists. God's mm-hmm. gifted them that way, and you know, um, and that's okay. But what I always tell people, what I am always proud of you about, is that you share the gospel out of obedience. And um, you know, so you might not do it as naturally as others, but you do it out of obedience. And so I think that, and there's areas in my life that I'm fearful in that I've got to allow the Holy Spirit to control that maybe you don't, you know, that's kind of the story of Christianity though. Like we all struggle with different things, you know what I mean? Um, That's why we need the body of Christ. But the fear, the fear, the fear is Satan's way of, of, um, you know, of of crippling us from being on mission. And um, if fear is, if fear is present, we we have to know where that comes from. Mm -hmm. God hasn't given us a spirit of trepidation. Right. Yeah. I think you're right though. I think fear is like the number one thing that probably keeps us from from, from sharing, and um, it's something that, um, you know, uh, I guess like what what do you what do you say to a, a somebody who's listening to this, and yeah. they know that like fear is probably their their biggest barrier to sharing the gospel, whether it's the fear of being rejected, or I'll, I'll tell you like my the the, the fear that I struggle with actually. Yeah. Uh, if I'm one-on-one with a person, yeah. like, I, I don't, I don't really have a problem with that. It's actually when I'm, when I'm in a crowded place and it's yeah. the people around us watching me, that that's what I'm subconscious about yeah. is being watched by others. Uh, for whatever reason, like I almost have this phobia about it that like, you know, everybody's going to start standing and pointing and laughing at me or something like yeah. that. You know, like I get this bit in my head. So, so how do you combat that? You know, what do you say to somebody listening? Who's like, struggling with with those fears yeah you know it's i mean i think it can be multi-layered in some ways sometimes we have deep-rooted idols of of uh of what people think of us mm-hmm. you know um you know and it gets sometimes we have to wrestle through with people pleasing i see that a lot in ministry still um and i have to wrestle with that you know it, it's like if you're at a dance you know and it's like everybody's dancing and having fun but you're like i'm not gonna dance because I, I don't dance i'm gonna look like an idiot yeah, it's it's a bad illustration because some people just don't like to dance, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it doesn't have anything about what people think. But a lot of times if you ask people like, Why don't you get on a dance? I I'm not a good dancer. People think I'm bad. I, or, I don't I don't dance. I just pull up my pants and lean back. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. You just pull up your pants and lean back. Um But you know Do you remember I, who that artist is? I don't. Fat Joe. Fat Joe. Mm-hmm. There you go. Old school. Yeah, buddy. Um, but I think for, I think if, I think it gets back to, um, lordship, you know, I mean, there's, there's areas in my life where I constantly battle with like, is, is God can, is God the Lord of this? You know, is he, does, is he the Lord over just this area of my life or is he the Lord of Matt everywhere? And I think, you know, it's, it's part of that. And so if God's called me to make disciples, it might be really hard, but I've got to do it Mm -hmm. in the spirit's power. You know, if he's called me to share the gospel. I got to do it in, in the spirit's power. And so that's kind of the, 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 the spiritual framework, but I would say like psychologically, physically, like I'm not some kind of psychiatrist or nothing like that. But when you ask people what makes a good salesman, people will tell you like personality, this or that, but really what really makes a good salesman or salesperson is that they, they know they're going to get rejected. Mm-hmm. They know somebody's going to say no, and they don't allow that to stop them. Mm-hmm. And that's my 
proposition. That's what that's what I'm proposing. Why Christians don't share their faith? Mm-hmm. They they don't get rejected enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like they share their faith all the time and they get rejected all the time. I'm saying they don't share their faith enough to be rejected enough to get comfortable with people telling them I'm not interested in that. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is they start to think that like it's on me, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm doing this or I'm doing that. But if you talk to people, you know, like there's a reason why whenever we go out, like I, I have intentional gospel conversation. It's, it, it's part of my giftedness, but it, I also do it because I know I have to keep that machine running. Mm-hmm. If I'm not keeping my heart postured in that way, then I'll be the same person. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll just revert back into putting on my headphones and getting on my computer and not engaging with people, interacting with people. Mm-hmm. If your people think, well, you're a people person, you're going to, that's not true. Like mm-hmm. I, I have a crazy busy life. Mm-hmm. So yes, I love people and I can engage people easily, but, but I have the same temptations of wanting to get into the booth and putting on my noise canceling headphones mm-hmm. or putting on some jazz and just pumping out work. Mm-hmm. And so you have to discipline yourself in those areas to be told, I'm not interested. I don't want that flyer. I don't believe what you believe. Mm -hmm. But we go back to the Father's heart, you know? Mm -hmm. We pursue the one. That's what it's all about, right? That's right. That's good. Um, So let's just close with some practical tips on sharing with people uh, of other faiths. Um, Maybe uh, what are a couple, you know, one or two things that you'd say just for takeaways for guys uh, as they think about sharing with people from other faiths? I would say learn, learn. I mean, like, you know, you mentioned Jen. I mean, it, of course, I mean, like, that's that's great. I mean, like, I, I love the fact that she's really learning, you know, about Mormonism stuff, and, and maybe you're called to do that too. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, just get a good framework, though, mm-hmm. for, like, the primary world religions mm-hmm. and understanding, knowing how and who you're engaging. Keep yeah. an eye on the, the, the religions that are growing quickly. Yeah. Islam right now, Mormonism, yeah. it's at the top of the list. Yeah. I mean, Jehovah's Witnesses, these mm-hmm. these are, I think they'd be more cult arenas, but yeah. um, than well, world religions. I would, I would argue that Islam is also uh, well, closely, more close look to a cult than yeah. a religion. But I mean, but but understanding and knowing, you know, the framework for how the, how, how the, the different, uh, their belief systems, their mm-hmm. religions, and, and, and then finding the commonality. Mm-hmm. So when they say, well, like we're just the same. Yeah. You know, when somebody says that to me, I say, no, we are the same in this way. Mm-hmm. And that what that does is it, 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 it allows me to lay some foundation. And yeah. then I say, but we're nothing alike in this way. Right. And then talking about the get, we're mm-hmm. always working towards the exclusivity of Christ. And that's where I'm always going. Because yep. I don't ever want to give people an idea that you can be good enough or you can do this yeah. or that. So I would start with that, getting a good framework if you're engaging with people of, of different world religions often. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that really, really going back to you know what I said earlier, understanding the gospel of the grace of God, because like we said, like one of the common threads through every single worldview, every single religion that you're going to encounter is it's some sort of salvation by works. Yeah. Whatever, and salvation, they might define salvation differently. They might have different opinions on what they're being saved from. Yeah. But the solution in some way, shape, or form involves self effort. Mm-hmm. And that is the one way in which Christianity is, or it's one of the ways in which Christianity is different than every single other religion. There's yeah. no other religion that see, teaches salvation by grace through faith alone. It's just yeah. not out there. Every Because every other religion uh, elevates man. And yeah. belittles God. Christianity is the is the opposite, and mm-hmm. so you've got to be able to articulate that and understand salvation yeah. by grace through faith alone, because that alone will arm you to be able to respond to any religion yeah. out there in the world. If you don't understand justification, then 
you know, but I mean, I know we're not talking about this, but it, it, it always blows me away with just the, the lack of understanding of the gospel with Christians. I mean, you know, you, you'll still hear Christians say things that are very works oriented mm -hmm. or, you know, um, they don't get, they don't have a good understanding of, 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 you know, salvation by grace alone through grace yeah. alone. They don't get justification. They don't, you know, what makes you right with God the Father? Well, I do. I, I try to pray every day. I try to read my Bible. So that doesn't make you right with God the Father. Hey, you know, only the blood of Christ did that. And so helping yeah. them understand that. My, my last takeaway would be this too, you know. Um, don't look at these people, uh, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their race, regardless of their their socioeconomic background, regardless of their world religion. Don't look at these people as like projects. Don't look at these people as um, stories that you get to tell or whatever. Look at them as people that are lost mm. and and without a shepherd. That's the heart of the father. Mm. You can't lose that. If you lose that, if it's just about like a wanting to have a good testimony or a good story or you know, I wouldn't want somebody thinking of me that way. Mm -hmm. I would, if I was lost somewhere and I would want somebody looking for me, mm -hmm. I would want somebody trying to find Matt. And, and I think that's when I go into a coffee shop or a restaurant or I'm walking with my kids in a park, I, I, try, I ask the father to give me vision for these people like mm -hmm. he sees them. So I walk into a Walmart and you see hundreds and hundreds of people. Statistics tell us that the majority of those people in our context do not have personal relationship with Jesus. The Bible tells us what happens to those people. They're going to spend eternity separated from God. Mm -hmm. And so a gospel conversation in the fruit aisle becomes very convenient all of a sudden for me. Mm -hmm. Because did I get to share the gospel with 500 people in Walmart that day? Of course not. Mm -hmm. But I got to share with one, and I got to exhibit the heart of the Father one time. Mm -hmm. And so we can't lose We can't lose that. When you lose mm -hmm. your... When you lose the uh, the heart of the father, then you're in trouble. Mm. Then something it becomes about statistics, or it becomes about having a good story to tell. You know your ministry partners or whatever. And it's not about that. It's about wanting to see people redeemed for the glory of God. Yeah, that's a good that's a good word. I remember, I, you know, Josh Josh Harris, not the guy that wrote the dating book, but a different Josh Harris. You always have to say that. Uh, I do because everybody <laughs> thinks I'm talking about the kiss dating goodbye guy. Yeah. Um, he recanted that book. I, I know heard. he did. Um, so, but, uh, Josh, I mean, he was, if it wasn't for him, yeah. uh, going and, and, and being, you know, uh, uh, obedient to, and listening to the Holy spirit and, uh, going and looking for, you know, the lost sheep, like he does that all the time, you know? And I remember, yeah. you know, one day I was working at this smoothie shop that I was working in. I was, I was working by myself and he walked in here, comes this guy who's just full of joy and full of energy. And immediately he just like, it was just different than anybody else, yeah. you know, I'd encountered and, you know, and he's just asking me how he can pray for me. And, and, and it was through that, that a relationship was developed. And he's, he's the man that ultimately like led me to the Lord and discipled yeah. me. And if he had not yeah. done that, where would I be today? I'd exactly. still be, you know, good chance I'd still be dead in my sin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so like, think about that. The next time you walk into the coffee shop today, yep. Or if you go to go get your hair cut, like you do not know what God's going to do with that. It, it could yeah. be as simple as you just exuding the joy of Jesus and engaging that person in conversation and asking them, how can I be praying for you? And if mm -hmm. the spirit is already working, he didn't know, but God had already been kind of working in me and drawing me. And yeah. I was, I was asking questions and I mean, but we, we've got to go find those, those lost sheep and Have just to. think about, 
I'm just thankful that there's people like Joshua, yep. like yourself, others who are uh, being obedient and they're going and looking for those lost sheep. Yeah. And uh, so, man, today you may encounter somebody today. You know, maybe you're in the car right now listening to this and you're heading to a meeting at a coffee shop. Mm. Engage that barista in a conversation. Yeah. You know, or maybe you're, you know, going to the grocery store. Engage that cashier, right? Mm -hmm. Ask him how you can pray for him. You never know what that's going to lead to. That's so, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Good stuff, uh, Matt, as always. So thank you guys, our listeners, for listening to another episode of In the Trenches. As always, go ahead and head on over to our website and you can find links to other episodes there. It's www.getinthetrenches.com. We are on Spotify now, so you can check us out on Spotify. We're also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Make sure you go and subscribe uh, to our podcast on one of those channels. And then leave us a written review with a five-star rating uh, if you can. If you haven't done so already, it really helps increase the exposure of In the Trenches. We're going to be back next Monday with another episode. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners.